Hey, Hoop fans, it's your head coach, Tony Staffieri, here with another Hoop Assist podcast. Today, we'll be talking about positionless player development. We have five concepts that we want to address as it relates to developing a a player who can play multiple positions. Concept one, footwork. LeBron, Carmelo, Kevin Durant. What do they all have in common? Impeccable footwork. Not only do they have great footwork, but they also play multiple positions. Quite often we see LeBron playing a point position. We see him off the ball. We see Carmelo in the post. We've seen Carmelo shoot three-point shots. Kevin Durant is an absolute freak. I don't even know if we can define. I mean, he is defining a new position every time he touches the ball. Um, He's in his own position right now um, as a a very tough cover. Uh, Footwork really has no boundaries, as it's just as effective in the backcourt as it might be in the post. I firmly believe footwork should consume at least 10 minutes of an individual workout. Players need to be working on pivoting out of pressure, or as our friends over at Point Guard College like to call it, poop. P-O-O-P. Players should also be developing the ability to stick landings, as I like to call it. Um, So knowing how to stop multiple stops, one-twos, jump stops, for example. They also need need to be developing the ability to take off on various finishes. Uh, We do a lot of reps on Russell Westbrook-type takeoffs, Kyrie-type takeoffs. Uh, Derek Rose in his prime was incredible off multiple takeoff positions. Uh, and, you know, honestly, good footwork is nearly impossible to guard. Uh, taller guys can take smaller matchups down low and use that type of footwork. Smaller guys can draw the, the, the bigger players and those matchups away from the rim. Um, but, you know, without a portfolio of different stops, landings, or takeoffs, players really don't develop that versatility, which... The versatility really is the key to being a positionless player. Uh, Concept two is ball handling. Uh, Personally, and this is really my own personal belief when it comes to basketball player development, but ball handling is the ultimate key that unlocks a player's total game. Shooting is an art. Defense is paramount. But ball handling can be a separator. When it comes down to choosing what player plays a majority of the minutes in a game, uh, definitely at the end of close games, you want to have your most ball-secure, ball-strong, ball-confident players on the floor. Uh, Also, when progressing a player's ball handling, it's important to positionless basketball players because a majority of those teams run offenses with players that are facing the rim. Uh, The space and pace is very popular uh, at the pro level, certainly at the college level. You see a lot of dribble drive sets, five out, open post. Um, There's really two two ways to to work on that. Uh, Ball handling should be part of every workout. Um, I make it mandatory with all my individual workouts. Um, Depending on the player, I'll spend up to 15 minutes. Uh, We'll work on static ball handling. We'll do dribble changes. Uh, We do handling against pressure. 
Uh, we also overload the ball handling drills with heavy balls or heavy tennis balls or cones. Uh, and the last thing is, I and I know the basketball training police may arrest me for saying this, but I also incorporate two-ball dribbling. I think it's a great way to speed up the process when it comes to younger players. Um, especially, you know, we don't have much time. We get these kids for a very short amount of time uh, in a gym, or if you're renting, you want to maximize your time. Two-ball ball handling is bar none the best way to cut that time down and still get maximum development. Concept three, the, develop, the, the ability to score in the margin. So we're developing that ability to, to score the basketball in the non-traditional areas on the floor. Some examples of these areas are the short corner, uh, mid-paint area, uh, 15, 16 feet out on the baseline, those are those marginal areas of the floor. Uh, how do we drill this? There are three ways to do that. Uh, we actually have our post players that we work out. Um, they actually work on drifts from the short corner. They do a lot of catch and shoot off those drift step outs. Uh, we do some one dribble from the short corner where they'll square their shoulders up to the baseline and work off two foot layups. Uh, the second thing we do is we have, a, you know, our players work on developing a mid-paint package. We do a lot of floater work. You know, we do it, we drill it in our form shooting, and then we do some game enhancement reps that way. Uh, we do a lot, we do a series called the Steve Nash series. So we work on it on our ball screen and game enhancement. We work on one-on-one -on -one game enhancement. We work on ball reversal and drive um, the gap. Um, game enhancement drills. So we do a lot of the floater package. The third thing we do in developing our players to shoot in the margins is what we call the Nowitzki series. And that's where we have players drive the baseline and shoot the ball facing the baseline. So they, you know, a lot of them can shoot leaners that way. If you watch Nowitzki, he made a living on, you know, that, that awkward marginal type scoring ability going baseline. Uh, we also utilize the step back series going baseline. Um, so there's a really tight window there, but uh, they end up, you know, kind of, you know, step off or the uh, fadeaway shot um, going toward the baseline uh, that way. So that's, those are the, the marginal areas and how we develop that. Uh, and, you know, honestly, the ability to score the basketball in these non-traditional areas of the floor is, in a sense, positionless play. Um, so that's something to think about when you are working with players uh, that you're trying to, to keep positionless but keep them, you know, effective in a team offense. Uh, the fourth concept is we play a lot more one-on-one -on -one in our workouts now. Um, there really is no better way to develop a complete game than playing against different defenders, right? Uh, so if you are playing against that live defender, you are in a sense the point guard, you're the low post threat, and you are the primary scorer all in one. Uh, one thing I found that was really beneficial in developing a multi-positional player through one-on-one -on -one is to put them in mismatch 
situations. So oftentimes we try to match up our players based on speed, height, age, whatever. Um, but I found that when we're working with positionless players is give them different matchups each time um, that they go one-on-one. Uh, this really forces that player to find advantages against different size defenders, uh, as well as measure their timing against players who might be faster or slower than they are. So they, they really work on that pace um, and also uh, will work on you know the recognizing when to go to the rim and attack or when to use your float or your your pull-up packages um, against those types of defenders. Um, and, and, you know, one-on-one, winning your one-on-one matchups, you know, that's what positionless players do. It, no matter who is in front of them, they can, they can, you know, get buckets or they can draw fouls and get to the line and really put pressure on the other team. Fifth and final concept uh, as it relates to developing the positionless basketball player. Uh, and this one, you know, it, it, it on the surface, it seems, you know, you know, a- absolutely right or, you know, it, it's, it's something that we all know, but it's something that we may not incorporate into our workouts. We just kind of tell players or we assume, you know, the really good players know these things. Um, but, you know, when it comes to positionless players, it really should be part of the everyday work that you do, whether it's on the floor or off the floor. Um, and one thing I've been telling players since way before this trend, and positionless basketball has been around for a long time, but it's really trendy now at the at the pro level and and, and elite college level to draft and recruit those in between players. I mean, you look at you know Syracuse, look at the ACC, Syracuse, Duke, Carolina. You know, their top players, I I don't think I could define a position. I mean, Tyus Battle, Luke May, um, all these guys that are all preseason All-American candidates uh, in Division One men's basketball, Duke's recruiting class. Um, I think of Jason Tatum most recently, Brandon Ingram, guys like that that played for Duke. I mean, what positions do they play? I mean, they're they're you know amazing basketball players that can score it, can shoot. Him. Jason Tatum is an incredible shooter right now, and I don't think he could do that in his in his year at Duke. So, uh, it, it has been around for a while, but I think it's really really um, becoming more of a trend as it relates to one on one development. Um, but I've always said to players that tweeners play more minutes. And this goes back, you know, 15 years or more since I've been coaching. Uh, And why? Because coaches have a tendency to substitute based on two things. Number one, defensive matchups. So if if you can guard multiple positions, you're going to stay on the floor. If you can't and they sub, we have to sub you out according to that matchup. The second thing is, the offensive need based on the time and score of the game. You know, sometimes you just need to protect the basketball and hold the possession. You know, if you're playing at a level that has a shot clock, then you need to work it down to get a good shot. Uh, Other times you might have certain matchups that you want to exploit at the end of the game, so your one-on-one matchups are different. Also, there might be, you know, your opponent might have somebody that's killing you and they have four fouls at the end of a game. So you want to, 
you want to you know go after the other team and so you need somebody that can play at different places so that you can uh, you know win those matchups players who can guard multiple positions or slide to different spots in your offense they stay on the floor I mean it's just that simple it's not a hard concept uh, with this in mind, it's ultra important for a positionless player to know these three things. Number one, they have to know the entire scouting report and not just the player that they might be guarding that night. They have to know everybody and their tendencies so that when that matchup does occur where that cross match or the coach subs somebody out and they said, well, you take so-and-so, you've got to know those tendencies. You can't just go one-on-one with your scouting report and say, well, I got number 22 and this is what he does and then focus in on that for 40 minutes or 32 minutes. You've got to know the whole scouting report. The second thing is you have to know the entire positional rotation of their team's offense. So they have to know every person's job in a set. Um, and this seems basic, you know, or, or you would assume the point guard knows this, but, you know, if you're not the point guard and you're, you know, one of those tweener players, you better know because you might have to slide up or down a position. You know, you, I think of, I'm watching, you know, preseason exhibitions and I've seen, you know, players that we've categorized as small forwards on paper uh, end up playing the middle of their 2-3 zone uh, because of foul trouble or injury or something like that. We've had uh, two guards slide over to um, point guard. I mean, how many, how many times do we do that? We just assume because somebody can handle the ball that, oh, we'll put them at the point um, if you lose your starting point guard. That's not going to be easy for every player unless they know everyone's job. Uh, the third thing is they really have to be in line and be connected to the coaching staff's game plan on what they think they could counter the opponent on both sides of the basketball. And like I said, being connected. Not every player on the roster and definitely not every player that's going to play significant minutes is as connected as 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 the next person. Um, your tweeners have to really be like that point guard, another coach on the floor. They have to be connected because if if they know what's going to be effective against a particular opponent on a night, they can assume those other positions and and really take over and exploit those matchups. Uh in in closing, you know, simply put, positionless players must know more than every player on the floor. And that requires a higher basketball IQ. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this latest podcast. Um, it's it's something I've been thinking about over this last month as we've been doing a lot of work with our high school players in preseason, and I have two or three um, that I've classified as positionless players. And I thought, you know, what a what a neat idea since we've been working on that, and then watching a lot of the NBA now that it's picked up. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of. Uh, you know, high score, you know, players that are scoring high number of points and, and even the teams are scoring high number of points, but the individuals uh, end up, you know, in those different areas of, of position, you know, you, you think, well, that guy's a two guard and then you see him, 
you know, in the mid post area or the high post and then scoring from there and then getting buckets going baseline, getting to the free throw line because they drive to the rim. I'm seeing a lot more of that than I ever recall uh, in the NBA. So it's something I it was on my mind. I thought, you know, why don't we uh, chop it up and put it on a podcast? Uh, Hoop fans, please be sure to check out our website at www.hoopassist.com. Leave comments, um, ask questions. I mean, we love the feedback. We love, um, you know, communicating with all the people that are following our site and our content. Uh, Also, we encourage you to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Hoop Assist. Uh, And lastly, I want to wish the best of luck to coaches at all levels as basketball season is upon us.